What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Ricky and I am joined, of course, by my fellow co-host, Clive. Good evening, how are we? I'm alright, Ricky. It's good to hear your voice. It's been a a trying week, to be honest with you. Uh, as well as working from home, the kids are schooling from home and that does not... Is, that is not a recipe for success in terms of mental headspace. So it's been chaotic. It's not a recipe for success in any way, nope. shape or form. It is. It's hard. But we are not one of these people that demand our children go to school to be looked after by teachers because it is not their duty. We support teachers. Um, it's just, uh, it's hard. But hey, we signed up for this, so we, we just need to kind of get on with it and make the best of a bad situation. Yes. Shout out to Nicola Sturgeon. Putting us under more more restrictions. Well, when you've got idiots like Celtic Football Club sending a, a fucking injured person over to Dubai for a mid-season break, coming back with COVID... And then 13 players self-isolating. Yep, you can kind of understand why she's a bit pissed off with folk and saying, you know what? These are fucking getting hammered. Good, good. And also, you know, about esteemed Prime Minister, you know, maybe you should cut your bike rides, like, shorter than seven miles instead of you doing that and telling the rest of the population that they can't do this and that. Maybe you should listen to the law. Why was he not pulled over by the police and, and given a fine? Don't know, don't know. Not for, not not for going like seven miles outside his house. I don't even have an issue with that. I, I would pull him over just by how ridiculous he looks on a bike. <laughs> See, he's always been a, a cycler as far as I'm aware. He has, he has. Still a fucking idiot. He loves a good ride, so he does. Yeah, he does. Absolutely hate him. <laughs> speaking of speaking of rides. <laughs> from some Scottish colloquialism here I've decided that uh, I don't know if this will be weekly or if it will be regular at all but I've decided to introduce a new segment to the show and that will be Twitter Wanker of the Week Interesting, hopefully this segment may only last a few weeks depending on what happens in the Royal Rumble so let's hope oh, it's, aye, that's it lasts true. longer and I'm thinking this may get us a bit of notoriety, especially if we were to tag the, the weekly winners. <laughs> to say congratulations, you are Ricky and Clive's Twitter wanker of the week. But this is going out to I'm <laughs> Chris D's at PWCD's. You may have seen this individual recently. He has gained some traction in recent months. He has, let me see, 
I'm, I'm giving him, I mean, they can moan about being wanker of the week, but they're getting plugs here. He's a co-host and social media manager at It's Our House Pod. He's a husband and a father. He is optimistically pessimistic. Uh, he has 2,688 followers and his bias is so strong that I can smell it from here and he is many hundred miles away. These This guy's tweets, I've I've been unfortunately keeping an eye on this guy's tweets for a long time, thinking that he's... I, I, I can tell, just by looking at him, that he's quite fresh-faced. I would ID him for fags in the shops. And he's an opinionated young chap. But I also... For, for our non-British listeners, fags is known uh, are known as cigarettes over here. Oh, yes, of course. I keep forgetting about that. Um, the, but recently... Not even recently... This guy is so anti-WWE. No, no, that's wrong. He's so anti-AEW that for a supposed reporter, his bias is so strong, it's untrue. And he's going on, he's like talking about, oh, I'd like to report a murder. Talking about Dijak tweeting out about Sammy Guevara. Uh, Not realising that sort of Dijak calling out and bringing bringing to attention again Sammy Guevara's rape joke that he made a few years ago when the house is not exactly in order under WWE's roof, so I wouldn't draw attention to that at all, and he's thinking that's a murder. So basically, he's one of these guys who's gained notoriety over the last wee while, shouting and bawling about how AEW are shite. Don't, don't, don't make any mistakes there. I thoroughly enjoy doing that myself sometimes. But it's just constant. It seems to be, I don't like his tweets, and but it seems to be in my timeline all the time. Uh, Kenny Omega says AEW's console game will not feature GM mode promising several unusual modes and he retweeted saying uh, unusual modes must include key demo mode where you go around pretending that it truly matters which category of fans is watching your show ignoring the overall amount is lower than your rivals (laughs) (laughs) sorry I just find that funny I hate the demo talk but it just like just check him out. He's saying, oh, he's, don't, oh, don't. Uh, oh, if you're a wanker of the week, then I don't think we should, we should be telling people to check him out. Uh oh, he's off again. That's he's retweeting the It's Our House podcasts. He had an epic rant, a classic rant, on his podcast, and he retweeted saying, "When am I ever wrong, though? I'll stop buying this drum when people stop misusing the word burial." Get, he gets a lots of comments and then he just replies with when am I wrong though anyway right wanker of the week Christie's congratulations right Ricky you've got some interesting stuff for us tonight I had quite an enjoyable wee half hour or so this afternoon while the kids played Mario on the Wii uh, putting this all together you want to tell us what's going on um tonight I know it's probably like a week or so late um, anyway, I've got kind of two two B segments we're going to do. The first one, we're going to do three hits and misses or three pros and cons uh, from 2020. Yeah, that'll be three each. And the second one is we're going to create our own AEW versus WWE pay-per-view. Uh, five matches. I actually went for six because I couldn't take one off. Oh, and, right. I, and I, I actually put this last one in because I realised like oh that could be interesting um, so yeah um, and then 
you know, if people want to comment and say which pay-per-view they like better, then by all means. And then we'll finish it up with our usual weekly quiz. We shall. You'll enjoy this quiz this week. I hope so. Um, right, so I'm thinking we'll just take... You can start us off with one pro and then I'll give you my pro and then we'll go back and forth. Okay, which company do you want first? Oh, did you do three of each for I each did. company? I did, yes. I've just so I just wrote down as many pros and cons as I did, so you can go with either one that you want. Right, well I'll just go down the list. I'll go for the the first pro that I've got for WWE. And that is it's no surprise here. I've been banging the drum for this fella for a long time now, Drew McIntyre. Had a sensational twenty twenty. Starting all the way back at Royal Rumble, booked strongly in the lead into WrestleMania, booked strongly on the aftermath of WrestleMania, looked unbeatable, made random matches against the likes of Dolph Ziggler work and work very well. Uh, up until recently, I hope he gets better soon, he was a constant on TV during the pandemic, so he was obviously staying safe while being a workhorse and wrestling almost every week, promos every week. A true champion's champion in my opinion. Uh, not a, not exactly a classic feud with Roman uh, with Randy Orton, but definitely a memorable one, memorable one I would say, of of which he was the ultimate victor. Um, I just think he had banger pay per view match every single pay per view, and I think he, I think he did himself and Scotland very proud, and and being Britain's first WWE champion. Yeah, um, obviously had like the big moment in Royal Rumble, obviously winning it, but the other big moment was him eliminating Brock. Um, the Brock match at WrestleMania, you know, is what it is with Brock matches. Um, and then, like you say, his feuds are really good matches with uh, good match with Seth, good one with Dolph. I, the Randy Orton one at uh, SummerSlam, which I think was the first one. Out them, uh, that was my favourite. Out of them had a great match against Roman, uh, the TLC match with um, with AJ as well. And I know the Keith Lee one just took place a couple of weeks ago, but that was also another pretty decent match. Um, so yeah, overall, like started off well and then just just got better and better and better and better as the year went on. Started to look a lot more comfortable as well, like in that role. Um, promo work's been excellent for a long time as well. Um, so yeah, like there's an argument to be made that he was wrestler of the year 2020 period. Um, so yeah, um, I don't really have no issues with that at all. Let's say he was he was the first, uh, the second thing I wrote down anyway. My first pick, I'm gonna go Sasha Banks. I think. When it comes to the women's division in WWE, like I think her and Bailey were kind of right next to each other all year long. Um, you know, I really enjoyed, even though like it felt there was a lot of matches that felt like it, was, it went on for a while. Like a lot of the stuff she done with um, Asuka during the summer, I thought it was really really good. She also had that awesome match with Io Shirai as well That's right. at uh, Great American Bash. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff with Bailey was really, really good. Um, she pulled out like a great match on SmackDown with um, Carmella. Um, 
Would that about six, seven weeks ago, maybe. They had yeah. a really good TLC match. Well, a match at TLC as well. I really enjoyed yeah. that one. So I think, like, I think she was like the female wrestler of the year. Um, her and Bailey, I felt were like, like way out in front there. Um, but I felt Sasha was just. I think we we got to see, perhaps for the first time on the main roster, really, like a sustained push and run of how great Sasha is it just kind of took you back to her NXT days just like you know we were so enamoured with her and like finally on the main roster we're like right here we go we're going to go and really push push Sasha as the leading figure in the women's division um, I don't get wrong in the past we've said some things about her like when it comes to watches and stuff like that which were true but overall I thought this year I thought she was Aye. Like you know, um, really didn't put a foot wrong whatsoever. Oh. Um, it was it was it was excellent stuff. I think with Bailey, it's already with Sasha. It's definitely she's a confidence performer because when she's not confident in herself, uh, then she doesn't do well. She's quite botch heavy. Whereas this year, we've seen a completely different Sasha Banks. She's been confident, and I can't remember her putting a foot wrong. Her wrestling has been fantastic this year. Uh, I think as well this is the first time on the main roster that we've seen the Sasha Banks from NXT because while she had a really good feud with Charlotte, she was always the sort of underdog fighting from underneath throughout all of that. Whereas this time she actually does come across as the boss that she honed and crafted so well in NXT. So I think it stands out more than the Charlotte feud just because it's been so storied and so long a run. Whether it's intentional or not, I'll believe it's intentional, regardless of what people say. But uh, Sasha and Bailey were actually joint my second pick for the hits of 2020 for WWE. Just the whole yep. the whole story, which has been intentional from sort of January onwards, probably. The will she, won't she, the betrayal by Bailey, the sort of coming out party for Sasha Banks at Hell in a Cell in a fantastic Hell in a Cell match. That's two to her name now. Not bad since there's only been what five women's s- matches, if that. Maybe half a dozen at the absolute most. I don't even think I it's. Like that I don't think it was as much as I anyway. I, don't th- I think there's only been four or something. I can't remember, but it's just been top notch the pair of them this year. And Bailey's, she had her time at the top. She's had some weird pins that she's been a victim of this towards the tail end of the year. But it wasn't as if she was not burying folk left, right, and centre for a while, like just destroying people. Burying's the wrong word, as Christie's will tell you. Uh, but just very, very dominant throughout a large portion of the year. So she's had her turn at the top. It's time for her to put some other people over now and again. But they were my my second pick, both of them. I don't have any complaints with that, or you know, I'm not going to get any arguments because, like I say, I felt the same way about both I probably feel slightly stronger for Sasha just in terms of her overall year but Bailey was was awesome um, that entire heel run that she's put together outside the first few months has been great um, and then like you say it was it was always going to be who turns on who and I always felt it would still be Sasha because I thought they'd eventually turn Bailey back to babyface but they went the other way which is cool um, it's a slightly different dynamic than, it, than you expected and you saw in the past um, so yeah um, what I say is thought those two carried not only just 
not only just carry the women's division, like the four people that jump out, individuals that jump out from WWE last year was Roman, Drew, and those two. Uh, and the two women are right next to them, in my opinion. Like they were awesome. Like so again, right. not just carrying a division, but carrying a brand or a, a company um, between them, between each other. Um. Right. So my second pick. Right. So can see for your third pick. Uh-huh. I assume you're going to go Roman. You read my mind. Fairly. Right. Okay, that's fine because I didn't want to go Roman because I didn't want to put him down because I wanted, I wanted to like to get different people as well. But um, that's perfectly. Let me see. I'm torn because I've got a couple here. I really want to. I think Asuka deserves yes. Go for it. some praise in love, but she's not my pick. I think Seth also deserves praise as well. I think he had a very good year. Seth always deserves praise. Always. Um, <laughs> it's true. But I'm going to go Randy Orton. Oh, a curveball. I think. And, and that, that, like I say, so my three automatic would be Roman, Drew, and Sasha. But I, I'm, I'm not picking those three because I, I would pick, I pick Sasha. But I'll stay away from the other two because I wanted like try and get like four or five at least different people um, to talk about. So the reason I'm going for Randy is like he played his part in the Rumble and like him and Edge rated RKO kind of reunited slightly in the Rumble and then. Surprisingly, it was Edge that eliminated Randy. Uh huh. Because uh, you always thought it'd be the other way around, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Led to the match at WrestleMania, and and don't get me wrong, like I enjoyed that match. Like you know, obviously it would have been heavily edited and stuff like that, but I still enjoyed it. it maybe went a little too long. I I I'm on board with that. It did go probably like eight nine minutes too long, but overall, I still enjoyed that match. Uh. His work, especially in that uh, Drew feud, I thought was excellent. I felt his promo is on a different level right now um, from a lot of people. I feel like his in-ring work, Randy's in-ring work is never, ever an issue. Like He's in that conversation of like one of the best in-ring wrestlers of all time. Like His technique, ring IQ, how to put a match together, pace, etc. It's, it's just, it's flawless. Um, he legit is one of the best guys you watch in a wrestling ring when he turns it on. Um, the stuff with Bray or The Fiend, you know, especially what took place after this Monday here, I, you know, I, I, there's a story behind it and that was all good and they, and they touched into the story and all that. Uh and I suppose from a cafe point of view, like him lighting Bray on fire, it's like, well, there he is. Here he goes. Listen, he's got voices in his head kind of again. Um, but I felt Randy overall this year, especially from like a heel and a promo point of view, I thought he was he was knocking out of the park on a weekly basis. Um, there was really a stretch of like five, six months there where I thought he was tremendous. Um, so yeah, I, I felt like he played a big part on Raw this year one of the few things on Raw that, that I would kind of be like well, I'll, I'll watch, see what Randy's doing or I'll listen yeah. to a Randy promo He's been a constant for the year the, 
I've not got any time for the Fiend stuff, just because I've not, the Fiend doesn't do anything for me anymore, so it's disappointing that his years ended up the way it has, personally. But as you say, the stuff with Edge, the stuff with Drew, they've been excellent. The Legend Killer stuff's back as well, taking out the likes of Ric Flair, Big Show, Christian. Uh, always here, always here for people taking Ric Flair out. Oh aye, uh, former, former Disorderly Q people were all here for some Ric Flair bashing. <laughs> ne- next, he needs to punt Hulk Hogan in the head. Oh, like, literally. Like, not not like kayfabe, actually, like, properly do it. Get him to fuck off all the TVs forever. What about literally setting him on fire? That would be nice. What's you going to do when Pyromania runs wild on you? Terrible, you're going to die, brother. You're going to die. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. Uh, yep, I've got no issues with Randy Orton. He's had a, a probably his best year since 2009. Perhaps um, I, the year that he was involved in the stuff with Daniel Bryan, I thought was a good yeah. year for him as well. Yeah. I know it kind of. I don't want to say it tailed off in the sense that like because they were going to go Batista and Randy Orton. But he was still involved in that triple threat match. That triple threat match was awesome as well, and then that led to evolution in the shield stuff as well. Um, that was a sort so. No, he's all he has had years where he's just literally just knocked out of the park alongside years. It's just like oh, Randy's still there kind of thing. Uh-huh. He's been he's been exceptional this year, definitely. So is, is that two you've had? Two, yes. Yep. Right. Well, you'd said it earlier, and the last one I'm going for is Roman Reigns, who returned to our screens in SummerSlam this year, and oof, it has been quite the ride, to say the least. Came back, brand new set of Nashers, battered, <laughs> erect everyone and left. Just the first words that he said were, uh, I made you a monster when he was battered and brawn. He said, you're nothing without me. He's like, oh, he means business when he's come back. And now, it's like, Paul Heyman was in the auditor for Brock Lesnar. Like, Brock Lesnar just just let, let Heyman speak for him. Roman Reigns allows and permits Paul Heyman to speak for him. Like, it's an, there's a permission thing there. And when Roman speaks, it's worked so well because there's been these this um, closed set, closed scene, um, closed stage set thing with the Thunderdome. So he's been allowed to sort of speak more softly, which I think suits his cadence more and his tone because he's not a he's not got a commanding voice. I think we've spoken about that before. Um, it's worked so well in the matches that he had with Jey Uso. Drew McIntyre, just this softly spoken guy, but you can hear the menace in his voice and the intent to destroy, repeating things over and over again. Like you're just a number two, I'm the head of the table. That first match, not so much. The Hell in a Cell match was good with Jey Uso, very good, but that first match was a shocking display, Uh, a complete 180 on the Roman Reigns we'd been used to, and I think despite his. Uber dominance at the top, he has elevated those that he's wrestled with. Sometimes you get people who are dominant and you forget about people after the fact, but Jey Uso has been a, a factor going forward. Kevin Owens is still floating about there. It's like people are, people have been made to look stronger and I think 
it's a wild one because he's had peaks and valleys over the years but this is the most credible that Kevin Owens has been in a long long time maybe the stuff with Seth Rollins in the, the spring there but Kevin Owens has had a rough couple of years ever since he lost that title the universal title and even being the underdog and the face and losing regularly it's the best Kevin Owens has been in ages so I think whatever Roman touches turns to gold right now and five months on there's no signs of slowing up or tiring or waning it's been fantastic stuff um yeah, and, and the crazy thing is he was gone for like six months. Mm. Um, the and, and to be honest, that was a blessing that he was gone. Um, a, because we missed him. B, because I don't know if we've ever got this, this heel turn. And C, we would have had to watch him wrestle that old Goldberg um, so, like, phenomenal. I, I remember I tweeted out, I don't know if it was these, I can't remember if it was the first promo after the Jey Uso match was announced, or it was the first promo after his match with Jey Uso, but he delivered a promo that was up there for one of the promos of the year. The way, as you say, his cadence was awesome. The way he, has, he would change his tone subtly, and it was just like, Delivery, everything was pinpoint. Everything he says in general now during these promos, it's like there's meaning behind it. There's yes. there's a belief behind it. It's not just saying things for the sake of saying things and dragging out a promo. Every single word and sentence he says, there is a purpose and a menace behind it. See, see even what he's saying to Kevin Owens, it's like, I'm the one that puts food on the table. And when you look at it from his point of view, he is the draw of WWE. So because of him, WWE does better, which helps Kevin Owens get a pay a paycheck. So what is, there's truth to that. No, that's that's like there's truth. To, even though that sounds random, Roman Reigns, there is some truth to Kevin Owens living off Roman Reigns' success. And even some of the stuff he says to Drew, and he's like, "You're the person that call they call when Roman." I say, "Nah, I don't feel like doing that." And it's like, well, look, if you want to look at it, maybe we're overthinking it, but. <clears throat> who was the number one star in the company during that six months at Roman wasn't there? And who is Drew McIntyre facing at the Rumble? Exactly. <laughs> Roman Reigns is probably exactly. saying fuck that. Exactly. Like, and I think Roman, I don't know if someone tweeted or it was Roman that tweeted, I can't remember. I don't, maybe it wasn't someone else tweeted, it was that like, well, Roman was right. <clears throat> like, Roman doesn't want that, so we'll just do it to Drew. Um, everything he done between, like, SummerSlam until now has been perfect um, and I will say this about Kevin Owens Kevin Owens low-key had a solid year as well mm-hmm. um, and you know who else had a pretty solid year despite missing several months Sami Zayn oh Sami Zayn's had a fantastic autumn time um, like I said so I don't I don't want to be like, oh man, we missed out six months on Roman because I don't think we would have got this Roman Reigns. Probably. Um, so, yeah, Roman's been sensational. Um, in, in, in that short space of time, you can still put forward a good argument that he's been like the best wrestler in 2020. Um, so, yeah. 
my th- my third and final pick. Mm-hmm. It's not a individual wrestler. It is a group. I know who you're going to say. Hot business. Correct. Two words: black excellence. <laughs> I mean, look. Maybe the first part of the year it was a bit like you know they were there, um, but see, I felt like this sort of last four or five months. I, I was I was enamoured with that group. I thought they were excellent. Um, but Lashley's always been a great wrestler, as a Shelton Benjamin, um, Cedric Alexander. But MVP, I felt was awesome. And and you know what the the like the explanation mark for it was when Retribution when they first kind of debuted and they were destroying everyone, and then Raw ended with the Hot Business music coming on and the four of them marching down. I was like, that was a moment for me. Like, it doesn't matter what retribution I've become, because at that point they were like looking like a credible threat and going to be pushed and taken serious, etc. And it wasn't the whole locker room that came out to confront them, it was just those four guys. MVP, they come out, MVP stops and looks at them all, and then they all start marching down. I felt that that was a, that was a moment. Um, and then obviously, Holding the tag titles and lastly having the the um, the US title as well. Yeah. Um. Like I said, I thought I felt that the last four or five months that I've really really enjoyed the work of that group. Um. And I think it's well deserved. Um, talking about them. Uh, One of my favourite you know, moments from them is when they didn't have a good night on Raw, so they ended up. Gate crashing raw underground and just dismantled folk. Mm-hmm. Raw underground. <laughs> that's that's done now, isn't it? I dropped without any. So, like I said, man, I, I felt I felt it was a really solid year for that group. And MVP really was awesome. Like, talk about like coming back and, and making a mark but not even making a mark as like as a, as a, as a wrestler like the focal point in the face of that group and the, talk, and the voice of that group um, I really really enjoyed it um, especially with the inclusion of Cedric you you weren't really sure um, but I liked it um, even when they had there was a match on Raw, I think it was, where Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali were involved in it, and like there was like kind of like a callback to the two hundred five days and stuff like that. So, uh, I I've enjoyed watching the Hot Business this year. Yep, and see as well, like as a sort of small bonus for this is Cedric Alexander's in a a hot stable, Mustafa Ali is in a hot stable, Buddy Murphy. Was front and centre in the Seth Rollins saga of the year and uh, Drew Gulak's doing pretty well for himself he's more of a sort of comedy act but he's got the, he's had this really good bromance going on with Daniel Bryan for the year I think that just shows that well I mean I personally thought 205 Live they're just they're going to be stuck there forever purgatory but I think these four gentlemen have shown that the cream does rise to the top eventually because they're all here now they're taking a long time Granted, 
But I think that's just impatience on fans' part because they're, they're all doing pretty well for themselves on the main roster now. So hats off to them for that. Right. I'm gonna go. I'll go with the first like miss or con or whatever. Okay. Mustafa Ali. It's funny you say you you were singing his praises there. Uh, right. Interesting. Interesting. Remember when you had the hacker gimmick? Mm-hmm. And I know they kind of made like. Uh, Ali himself kind of made remarks about it when Retribution first came on. When he joined Retribution, my initial reaction was like, oh, I can't believe you're turning him heel, but I was like, but I get to see the guy every week. I'd rather watch him every week and and not see him because for a long, long time, one of the best wrestlers on your roster was on like Sunday night main event or whatever the hell that program's called. I don't know, Sunday night, but just main event. I was my mentality then was like, at least I get to see the guy. Okay, so I'm happy. Let's let's see what it does. First few weeks, all good. And now all of a sudden, with a hell of retribution. The stuff he says about the legends that night on uh, Raw Talk was it Raw Talk or it was called? Um was was true. Absolutely perfect. Uh so for me the reason why it's a miss is because you've got this guy with all the talent in the world a guy who's just a genuine good person has got like an awesome backstory and you just don't do anything you didn't do anything with him for so long and then you finally did and look where he is now like what are retribution like nothing like they're not a threat they're, they're just nothing and the crazy thing is like Three of the people involved in Retribution are, are awesome, awesome wrestlers. Um, so for me, Mustafa Mustafa Ali is definitely a miss or a con or whatever you want to create, and, and it's not because of him. It's just just a lack of creative direction and a lack of using them really. Yep. And and when they did finally use them, like that bombed. They are my first miss. Retribution. Yeah, um, fun fact for you. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Retribution have not been on pay-per-view. They were on Raw and SmackDown for a long time. Now they're just on Raw. They their initial introduction to the WWE screens was through Carnage and Upheaval riots. Why would they just target TV and not pay-per-views? I feel like there was a pay-per-view match, was it not? Hmm, maybe Survivor hmm. Series. I feel like they did have a pay-per-view match. Okay, well, well, I'll change I it. I'm not sure, but... I'll change it then to the fact that they've hardly had been on pay-per-view. They didn't get Crash SummerSlam, the big event of the year, all that stuff, right? Uh, as you say, there's no creative direction. There's no. It's just meandered. Um, this is where the sort of fifty-fifty booking that people aren't a fan of comes into play. And there's not been any sort of rise in stock. There's not been any peak to the story. It's just been there was a sort of 
flurry of white hot activity for quite a while in the springtime. Then it just sort of petered out. They're saying the same things over and over again now. True, but it's just the same. There's just been no peak, and there is actually a theme to my misses that I've just realised over the course of it, a personal opinion theme. There's not been, the story hasn't been told well, and if it hasn't finished, then there's been a lot of lulls in the the chapters. It's just, it's not went anywhere. They are just, just a mid-card stable now. So I think over the course of the year, there was promise, but at the end of it, it's kind of just like, right, okay. Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's just just drop it and just push them as singles guys if you want. Send uh, Dijakovic back to NXT if you want and just push Mustafa Ali for crying out loud. Um, right, so my second miss or whatever... Um, I cannot believe I'm about to say this. Am I Bray going? Wyatt. Uh-huh. I was never a fan, and I say it, of the Fiend gimmick. The reason why I wasn't a fan of it is because, like, he's a monster. And there's not much you can't really be flexible with it. You know, like, he's going to destroy people and then ultimately someone's going to kill him or kill him off, but he's going to come back again, just like Freddy Krueger did, just like Jason did, just like It the Clown does. And I get that's kind of like wrestling in a sense, that like, yeah, people are going to be on top and then eventually they're going to get beat and they'll be got whatever, right? But his character itself doesn't lend it to be other than I kill you or I'm killed. Like, I've not enjoyed the really stuff with Randy. The stuff with Braun was just, in my opinion, terrible. The only the only good thing about the Braun programme, and you know what I'm going to say, was the fact that we got cult leader Bray Wyatt. If we had cult leader Bray Wyatt back, I would be over the moon. Like, I know people can say what you, say what you want about Bray Wyatt, but if you want to see he's a guilty pleasure or whatever, then he's definitely mine. Yeah. Um, oh, like I still watch like even over like seven months past it, I still watch that promo he cut the first time he came back. He's cut with Bray Wyatt confronting Braun. Like I was, I couldn't believe it. But for me, they've done it the wrong way around. Yep. Like. Just in the, and this is where it's this is where my bias comes in. Just, like it should never have been Fiend in Braun. It's like they try to do it like right fine you beat Bray Wyatt and he's Cardigan, and then you beat Bray Wyatt cult leader and then the big boss is a Fiend. Well, no, it should have been the other way around. The big boss should have been bringing cult leader Bray Wyatt back. Um, the Fiend was when it first debuted. You were like, I'm going to give it a chance. Entrance is awesome. Like you look creepy. Like. But the moment he like tried to, he, he quote unquote broke Finn Balor's neck, and I was like, mm, okay. Um, but like I say, it's not been a great year, and it's nothing to do with him. I just feel like the character itself doesn't lend it to do much with it. Like I say, other than either dominate and then be killed to then just come back. Because even though he's getting burned alive, well, he's coming back just like every other 
like movie uh-huh. villain or movie like monster did. Um, so like I say is you almost forget that he also held the title. Remember he had, like that awfulness with uh, Goldberg earlier on the year as well. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's I'm, I'm sad that I need to do it, but not been a good year for mm. Bray. Even though he's been featured in like some high profile feuds, but I just go back to it. And I just think it's a character more yeah. than anything that I'm not a fan of. I'm a big even, f- even though even though my two boys are obsessed with the fiend. I well, that's the thing. The marketing and all that stuff. No, that's it. I'm I'm a big fan of storytelling wrestlers. I think Seth does it very well. Champa, like over the course of like many months, they're telling you a story. And Bray Wyatt is probably the most skilled at that. I just don't like that story. Story. It's too. It's too fucked up. The Fiend stories are too repetitive. It's just what I say is it's like, I'm going to kill you, but then eventually he's going to get mm. killed, but then he's going to come back, start doing it again, and he's going to get killed off again. Like, it's it's too much of the same thing, in my opinion. The, the two biggest highlights of Bray Wyatt's year has been his Tornado DDT while wearing clothes in a, a Gap clothes advert. <laughs> <laughs> and... Alexa Bliss delivering the best Abigail's kiss I've ever seen to Nicky Cross. That wasn't even him. But then, but then they do that ridiculousness on Sunday, uh, Monday. Aye, see, it's just uh, I, I, I'm, I don't, it's I don't mind stuff like that. I watch horrors, I watch mental fucking sci-fi and fantasy stuff on the telly and read the books. But I just, I don't personally, I've just not got time for it. Nah, it's sad that I had to do it, but it had to be done. Well, my next one, it's a bit random, right? Uh, and it's its not that this is my top three misses, it's just one that really pissed me off and it was quite recent. Lana. Lana Rousseff. Uh, the tables did not bother me. The table shots every week did not bother me at all. The winning the Survivor Series match for Raw Women while doing absolutely nothing, did not bother me one slight bit. What bothered me was her TV win over Nia Jax, only to be immediately injured. Kayfabe, well, if it's if it's real, fair enough. But kayfabe, uh, kayfabe injured, only to be replaced by Charlotte Flair to become tag team champion. What was that? Who who was who was the benefit in all that? Charlotte. Charlotte Flair. <laughs> so I no, I don't know if it's a real injury or not. I'm going to say it is a real injury, right? But see the, and I love Charlotte. See the problem with Charlotte coming back, and I know people are going to be like, "Well, Asuka's been featured to help a lot." Asuka's an afterthought now. Seems like in that tag team, now all of a sudden we're now going back to Charlotte and her daddy issues. Well, I- bro, you're seventy years old. No one wants to see you wrinkly balls, like. Get the fuck off the screen. Well, and now all of a sudden we're now caught up in this Lana, Rick, not the, um, Rick Flair, Charlotte, and, and oh my God, what's her name? Uh, why is her name escaping me now? Lacey Evans? Yes. 
and Lana seems to be an afterthought in this tag team. They're tag team champions. Lana held like the the women's title for so long as well, and it's like that's what's frustrating about this right now. And it's like you don't need to do that. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm of a firm belief that Asuka should be the fifth horsewoman. Uh, I know that goes against the Bible and all sorts, right? But <laughs> like, okay, you've got your fourth horsewoman. They've all had excellent feuds with each other. They've all teamed together in some form or fashion. They've all got a storied history together. But Asuka has that with all of them as well. Um, and I think once we look back in about five, six years, Charlotte and Asuka have had a fucking excellent story, rivalry. They fought against each other at Mania. Um, Asuka kept beating them at TLC. They're tag champs. There's mild animosity brewing in the ranks just in time for Rumble and Mania coming. Could could be Charlotte Asuka at Mania. I'd be all for that. Um, so I've not got a problem with that. It's just the the story that WWE were telling was that Lana's going through all these tables. You've got a TLC pay-per-view. TLC pay-per-view. And she keeps feuding with one of the tag team champions. And then her payoff is a win on Raw. Just just a win on Raw. And then she gets fucked off and replaced. That's not a payoff. Again, if she's legitimately injured, fair enough. But it's just a bit fucking... Like, that's... that's people getting booked poorly... People not being on TV a mild great, but my issue is when I personally feel stories aren't told the right way. For instance, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania 34. Thought that was a terrible ending um, to that many months. Oh, story. Everyone did. Uh, so it's just it's a weird thing to piss me off, but it's just. You know. You know what's just mind boggling? And people can be like, oh, stop it. What's mind-boggling about the Nia Jackson Lana stuff was right, like they could literally run like an anti-bullying, anti-bullying, like advert, and then literally what we saw was a woman being bullied for like ten straight weeks. Like, you know, read the room sometimes. I, d- I really don't think wrestling should be involved in anti-bullying campaigns because it's a bit redundant. Concern concerning the fact that about ninety percent of the rivalries are when. The heels are assholes to the faces. Yeah, that's a fair point. But well, I'm just, I'm, I'm just mean like, but read, the, read the fucking room, yep. like read the damn room. Um, right. So my my last one. I've actually wanted to say. I was going to say the fans, but I'm going to keep that for AEW because I can tie AEW and WWE into it. Um, I've just got my own number away. Right, my final one here. And, and look, speaking out would be there, but we, we say beforehand we wouldn't do it, we wouldn't talk about say speaking out because we we done a whole podcast on that. And, and speaking out is at the very, very top of the list, and it will be. You know, So we've addressed that in the past, and that's number one on our list of negatives or misses or cons or whatever, especially the handling of it. The handling was atrocious. It's like guys didn't even get like a slap in the wrist. The hand it doesn't even seem like it. Like a oh, guy just come back, it's kind of blown away. It's died down a little bit. 
come on back, people forget all about it. So that would be number one on our list, right? So I'm going with, and I literally wrote here, old fucks. <laughs> Get Goldberg off my screen. Get Ric Flair off my screen. And I could simply change the channel. I get it. I get it. But I love watching Drew. I love watching Asuka and Charlotte. I don't need Ric Flair to be front and centre in that feud with someone like Asuka taking a back seat. I don't need Goldberg coming in for his two match year and somehow the first match seems to be the last two years. It's in now for the third year straight year. It's a body world title match. Like, what did Drew do to deserve that? Absolutely nothing. You have done the same amount as me, just so you know, Goldberg, in the last nine months when it comes to wrestling. So I, I hate that. I just can't bother watching these old guys. The Taker and AJ match, I loved. Didn't have an issue with it. And this is where I guess people are going to be like, well, be consistent. It's because I like, I love Taker, but that was a good match. And yes, heavily edited, blah, 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 blah. But we never saw Taker again after that. Came back and done his thing at Survivor Series, which itself was so long and, and unnecessary, but... I don't need to see all these old guys coming back and in, in being involved in these feuds. And I know Ranch was talking about last week because obviously beating Goldberg and it's a marquee name, etc. Right, fine. I, I don't have an argument with that. I have an argument with him being there in the first place because he's not a good wrestler. He's old, never was, doesn't deserve it. I just don't need to have continuous, always have these let's pull the legends back in, we'll have a legends night on Raw, and then you roll out the likes of Sergeant Slaughter and fucking Jeff Jarrett and try to pass them off as legends, like, ah! So, yeah, I don't, I'm done, so done with having all these older folk on the body, not even every week, but certain parts of the year, and I've come and grown accustomed to the fact that we're going to have one part-time or a celebrity match at WrestleMania, it doesn't need to be for the body world title. If you take that world title off Drew, I'm sorry, this 2020 was just pointless then for Drew. And I know people are going to be like, oh, well, he's got two title reigns and he's done this and that. That's all good. But he was just beaten by a guy in his 50s. When guys like in their prime, guys like Randy Orton, guys like AJ, guys like Seth, guys like Dolph, hell, even Brock Lesnar couldn't beat him. And this is where someone's going to come around and be like, well, sometimes you just have that one person that's got your number. But it doesn't need to be fucking Goldberg. Nope. <sighs> please, please don't take a title off the... <laughs> oh my God, you sound desperate. I am. I, just, I can't be bothered with it. Like, it's just... You can't build up someone like this so much and just have someone like Goldberg come in and take that moment because then it's not a moment anymore. I know. Just like when Roman eventually is going to lose the title, it has to be a huge moment. It has to make someone. I know, I know. Do you want to hear my last one? Go on. It's another random one, but I remember being pissed off with it at the time. And it was Shayna Baszler losing to Becky at WrestleMania. Now, okay, Becky went on to win. Becky gave us a beautiful moment with Asuka winning the title in the briefcase I just think that that was just, that story was told 
incorrectly because Serena Baszler was on a tear. She was very unlucky at the Rumble. She was devastated in the chamber. She was literally ripping trunks out of Becky's neck with her teeth. I just think it was a a time for a a time for a shift. That would have been a year that Becky had been the champ. Perfect time to move on, make Shayna a star. And okay, she's kind of in a fun thing with the tag champs just now. But it didn't end up being a good 2020 for Shayna Baszler when it could have been a shit hot 2020 for Shayna Baszler. So it started off shit because she should have won the Rumble. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, and, and, and in fairness to Becky, I think did she come out herself and say it, like she pitched for she did, Shayna yeah. to win it? So that should have happened. But you know that's like, fine. Charlotte beat you and Becky Lynch beat you, right? Fine. Two two of the most recognisable women wrestlers of all time and then one half of the horsewomen, right? Fine, okay, I can maybe get past that even though I can't. But then well, the issue was for a period, for a quite a, several weeks, she was the one that was eating the pinfalls in her tag matches with Nia Jax. And I'm like, that's Nia Jax. Nia Jax is fucking hopeless. Why are you protecting her? And, and Shayna, who's a legit badass, is the one that's taking the pins. Why would you do that? Like, fucking Nia Jax has proven nothing nothing else than being a liability in the ring. Like, and somehow you're protecting her and Shayna will start eating the pins. It sounds like it bothers you more than it bothers me. Well, because Shayna's, Shayna's awesome. Like, Shayna's legit awesome. Like, I remember... <laughs> I remember watching a video of her in the performance center. She comes in and she starts like, like hitting people and choking people out and all that. And I legit finished watching that, and they were like, and they were like, "Shayna, what are you doing? Leave them watch." I remember finished watching. I was like, "You're a total bitch!" <laughs> like, like I bought in Kefi boys. I was like, "You're a total bitch. Why are you doing stuff like that?" And then you're like, "Like, calm down, you know, Ricky, calm down. It's just it's Kefi." Put the dick but, away. Like, Put the dick away. Yeah. So it's just it's ridiculous. Oh, some of the stuff they do it's just it confuses me but at the same time they've done great stuff as well Aye Listen, I've got a question for you mm-hmm. We're nearly an hour Do you want to do AEW's Hits and Misses next week or just plough through it and give the, the listeners a bumper episode I'm happy to do that Um, no, we could do the AEW one next week. Right, okay. We could do that one next week because then it gives us extra content for next week and, and then the week after that we've got the Rumble preview. We're lazy bastards as well. Not even that, like, I've got... I mean, I want to give AEW the time. I don't want to feel like I'm I'm, I'm trying to hurry up and get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've got... I've got mine here. Um, but no, let, let's wait a week because let's as we we gave this segment for WWE a good forty five minutes. I think we need to give AEW the same. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, folks. We're going to do the AEW one next week, and that'll be good because I was swiveling on my third pro or hit, and I was it, it'll give me a little bit extra time just to kind of think about it a bit more. Uh-huh. Um, no, that's good. That's actually, I, I like that, actually. Good. So we're treating the fans, the listeners, but 
We grew up watching WWE, so they know how. Oh, well, I will say that I said it last week. Omega and Phoenix. Phoenix was was awesome. Okay. Really, really enjoyed that match last week. Actually, um, ending. No sure. I'm not sure. How I feel about the ending of it. Like the stuff that happened after the match, but the match itself, I thought it was. I thought it was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a moment uh, uh, in that match um, where Phoenix was in the top rope um, uh, and done a done like a moonsault kind of thing um, over over Omega and turns it into like a into a German. It was. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, no, that was a really good match. I'm got like, you know, if you, no one's watched it as yet, mm-hmm. I know we're kind of a week past it, um, Dynamite, but it was that was a really really good match actually. Um, can can I just say I was a bit disappointed with New Year's Evil. All right, okay. Yeah, we can we can talk five yeah, ten minutes about that if yeah. you want. So what we'll do is next week we'll do the. AEW hits and misses, and we'll do the fantasy pay per views as well next week. Um, that's fine. Or do you um, want to do completely? Or do you completely want say that again? Do you want to do your pay per view and I'll do mine next week, or vice versa? Oh, that's fine. I can do mine right now. Right, then we can do yours. Before, um, before that, then... I just want to say I don't know if it was the political stuff going on last week, but New Year's Evil felt flat to me. Like th- there was not much atmosphere going on, so I was just a bit sort of looking forward to it for so many weeks and thought, okay then. Anyway, what about it? Did you not like? Just like what about the matches itself? I just felt as if there wasn't much of an atmosphere. I think the hottest the crowd were was when Gargano was wrestling in his jeans. Specific. <laughs> <laughs> um... I enjoyed the main event, though. Yep, uh, they are good wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, nothing happened for that as well. There was no title change, no screw job. It was just just a win. Just a, a start, uh, yep. Maybe we were just overthinking it. That's regularly the case. Right, what's your pay-per-view then? WWE versus AEW. Right, so I will run it. Uh, what order do I want to do it in? Have written it or... Right, okay. So I've gone kind of like, I've got like a quote unquote a world title match, I've got like a tag title match, and I've got the women's title match. That wasn't how I was planning to do it, certainly not when it came to some of them, but it just it turned out I'm just going to do it like that. So I'm going to open the pay-per-view up with the Young Bucks taking on the Usos. Okay. Now that is a super kick party in the making. Well, if you're playing a drinking game for that one and you have to take a drink every time someone does a super kink, a super kink? (laughs) (laughs) Super kinky party. (laughs) Did you hear Shah Samuels is NXT UK bound? Good for him. 
good for him. He deserves it. It's, I like, I like he's him. a thoroughly enjoyable chap. I say that is because I think they, they applied to trademark that name, so, you know, put it two and together, he has to be surely, because he's had tryouts there before. He has, uh, and dark matches as well. Yep. No, I'm happy about that, because I think, I think he deserves it. It puts in a lot of work. Yep. So, yeah, that's my opening match to the pay-per-view. Do you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll lay out the pay-per-view and then we can just discuss it if you want. Okay. To follow that match, I'm going to have... This one might seem odd to people, but I don't know. I just have a... I like a lot of people, I'm a real soft spot for Hangman. You're not the only one, Ricky. Hangman taking on Daniel Bryan. I'm not sure how that's going to work. I'm not even sure if it's going to be a good match. Hangman had to be on it and I had to get Daniel Bryan on it and I just I thought, you know what, I'm going to put you two together. So next on the card I have the women's match and it is Champ versus Champ. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, I think you're going to either do Io or Asuka versus, versus. Uh, is it Hikaru Shida? It's funny. I actually didn't consider any NXT wrestlers. It was only when you mentioned that I was like, oh, I could have went Io, but I didn't. I'm going Sasha. How can I leave off the best female wrestler of 2020? Well, North American female wrestler. I'm going champ versus champ there. And and remember when we made up our uh, our other pay-per-views of like old title matches and stuff like that? And yes. my philosophy was there is no mini break before the main event. I finish up with banger after banger. So I put my best matches on last. I'm going Seth Rollins and we've seen this match before, John Moxley. <laughs> we've seen it before. Maybe not in this dynamic, where, well, it kind of is, actually, because Moxley himself is, like, unhinged, if you want to say, he's just, you know, he's going back to his roots or whatever, but the, the dynamics will kind of still be the same, in the sense that, like, Mox is still going to be there's a scrapper, and Seth can be the heel, whatever. I know Sam will enjoy this match, so I don't care if it's t- taking place. Those guys had crazy, ridiculously crazy chemistry, and that's that was making it on no matter what. I think my main event is going to be pretty obvious, but this is a match I've decided to to sneak in there. And this, no fucking way is this going to be like a a toilet break match. We have Phoenix taking on. Got it, I guess. Hell, this guy might not even be in WWE anymore. I, don't know, I think he is. Rey Mysterio. Not Dominic? Not Dominic, no. His father. That match would be phenomenal. Would be out of this world, I think. They've probably wrestled before. Ah, they have. But 
I think we probably have, but I, like I said, I don't really give a shit. Um, and my main event, I think, is pretty obvious. Triple H okay. and Cody. <laughs> That's it. Is it? No. Triple H and Stephanie versus <laughs> Cody. <laughs> no, it's a fuck. In a throne match? It's in a throne match. No, it's a fuck. Cody would not make it on in this fucking pay per view. Um, Kenny Omega versus Roman Reigns. Yes. I had the biggest match that. you can make. Um, I think between both companies and probably the match I was really wanting to see out out with um, Roman versus Okada between WWE and any other company I would love to see Roman and Okada in fact there's so many other matches I'd love to see but yeah that's up up there um, but Roman versus Kenny um, but I don't think that match would disappoint I think that would be out of this world that match You don't like it? I don't know. It's because you, like, you don't like Kenny Omega. I don't, <laughs> no, no, I don't mind Kenny Omega. I don't worship worship him. Like, oh, no, I don't know. Others do. Um, I think he's the only one that's close to Roman's level. On AEW? Uh-huh. Ah, Mox. No, you have to do uh, Seth Rollins and Moxley because that writes itself. Oh, right, sorry. Oh, no, I thought you meant just in general on AEW. Just, well, just for your pay-per-view. Moxley's a, a debate for another time, I think. Um, certainly, I think, who you, like... I see where you're coming from, like, if, because Mox has already taken off it, like, you want someone, like, a bona fide star across from him, a legit threat, like, Cody would, Cody would obviously fall into that just for who he is, and he's had some good matches as well, um, but he's not anywhere near Kenny's level, um, and I don't think that obviously is anyone else in that company is anywhere near Omega, purely because of how big a star Omega is. Uh, some, a lot of people have got the potential but I didn't want to I didn't want to put MGF or someone like that in there someone young and, and whatnot, not uh-huh. or Ons Cassidy or anything like that I needed this pay-per-view main event had to be box office and it doesn't get much bigger than those two I, I, I agree with the star power thing I'm just not sure if the styles will mesh I think that's my issue with that match I think it would because I think it would when you look at AJ and Roman and how well they meshed, I just feel like Kenny being similar size and stature and stuff and can do a lot of this great things as well. Um, I think they would blend together very well. Uh, there was one or two other matches that, that, that I, I was thinking of, but I just couldn't think who I should be taking off the card. Right. That's fine. No, that's good. I think my favourite out of that is Seth Rollins and John Moxley. Like, that would be so good. They had so many amazing matches in WWE. They have made some pot shots over the over the fence in the last couple of years. 
I can imagine there's a wee bit of animosity between them in real life, perhaps. So I'd be all down for that. I thoroughly enjoy that one. My, I think my two favorite, my favorites is either the Omega and Roman match or the Phoenix and Bray match. I think that would be awesome. I'm gonna have to. Um, like I said, so I never really gave much thought to NXT. Um, Shame on you. I know. I'm trying to see. Let me see. Here we go. Nope. So I'm sure that there will be somewhere they've probably wrestled in Mexico. Um, but I would, I would, I would, I, I'm all for uh, that match. They'll, they'll definitely wrestled on Lucha Underground, definitely, and probably in definitely Triple I'm pretty sure Lucha Underground's partnership with Triple A make me ignorant in saying that, but I'm sure Lucha Underground's the concept was introduced at Triple Mania, so. Probably that. A good pay per view though. I'm surprised that the I'm surprised that the women's one. Oh really? Were you not because it was Sasha and not No, like I may get some heat for this, but I genuinely don't see any like I don't think AEW's woman could lace up WWE's woman. Now that might be a presentation uh, issue because I've not seen enough of them. I think the best women I've seen so far in AEW is Penelope Ford. No, I like I like Nyla Rose as well. Nyla Rose is not bad, but um, I think Rio is pretty good as well. Nyla Rose, she seems a bit dangerous. Like, I should have gone with Triple H and should have gone with. Triple H and Stephanie versus Brandy Rhodes and Cody. That would have been hilarious. I know. And the most Um, overbooked, over-entranced match. Like, that takes up two hours of the pay-per-view. Yeah, exactly. I like Big Swole as well, though. Big Swole? There's a couple of people on that. um, Big Swole uh, likes a nice botch now and again. I'm just... No, I, I don't think I've left anyone off that really... Maybe pack, but mm, I just have to get a hangman on it. Of course you did. Like, there's no shame in that at all. No, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. My other match, to be honest, that I was considering was um, uh, Marco Stunt versus Hornswoggle. No, that's my AEW versus WWE pay per view. Okay. That's good. I like it. I'll give you mine next week then. Right. So, now, if you want this whole quiz, you can, since we're making this into a two-parter. But I have got a quiz that is a question from each month of 2020. Do you want January to June just now and July to December next week, or do you just want the whole shebang this week? How many questions is it? Twelve. I'll just go for it. Go for it. Right. So January, who was the second entrant in the 2020 Royal Rumble? Watch one. Men's. Christ, I don't even know who the number one entrance was. <laughs> oh, it was, well, it was Brock, actually. 
Who started off with Brock? Uh, who started off with Brock? Well, that's the question. So I'm saying. I can't remember who it was. I'm sure it was somebody that got tossed out like, like within five seconds. Will I give you a clue? Yep. Brock Lesnar was raging with this person and literally chased them down. I can't see it. I can't picture this person. Eh. That's alright, no clues, because then it, it, it you know, makes a mockery of the quiz. Who is it? Elias. Ah, uh, so it was. Never mind never mind the Claymore to Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar running for Elias, grabbing the guitar and smashing his body apart with it. <laughs> that was the best po- moment in that rumble. Fucking Elias. Him and that MAGA group he's got going on with that, whatever his face oh, is again. fucking hell, man. I wonder if the Triple H's Capital Wrestling Centre is actually just a nod to... That was like an Illuminati nod to the Capital... Invasion last week. Jesus. <sighs> uh, in February, what was the women's title match at AEW Revolution? I'm going to go 0 for 12 here. No, no. There's one or two easy ones. <laughs> Out of 12. And one of them's worth five points. A Ricky special. Yes. Uh, I can't even fucking remember. Do you want some clues? Um, I'm not a fan of clues. Purely because, you know, it's like you're only good enough to get the fucking answer, so I'll help you out, you dick. Um, nah, I... You can give me a clue, but... One of them is out injured, currently. Oh! Uh, Statlander. Versus? Um, Oh my god, I just said your name a minute ago and I said I liked you. Doesn't swallow, uh, Nyla Rose. Correct, one point so far. March. Which WWE legend appeared on Monday Night Raw on March the 16th? Could have been fucking, could have been anyone. WrestleMania season. Yep. What's the date? March 16th. Uh, Austin. Two points. April. Including the dark matches, which WrestleMania night had the most matches? And I'm I'm including the cinematic stuff. You mean the pre-show matches? Yeah, pre-show, including them, which had more matches. Night one, the Saturday, or night two, the Sunday? I'm just going to take a guess and say night one. Night one had nine matches and night two had ten. May, what move did one of the young bucks, don't ask me which one, do all the way along a football field at double or nothing? So from one end of the 
touchdown line to the other. One of the I've got it. I can see it. He done it. Uh huh. Like well, you were led to believe he did it. I I don't imagine that off camera he continued to do this. I can see him. I remember he's awful. Are you going to have to give me a clue? Uh, it uh, it has a name that is similar. That is a a natural phenomenon in the northern hemisphere of the world. <laughs> I know it's not me. Oh. No, I can't, I can't even think. Northern Light Suplex. Oh, fuck's sake. June? Of course it was. Of course it was. And June, which one? It's, it's just, it's, the bit I remember is Hangman coming uh, coming from one end of the field to the other. Remember, like, you see him in, in the background? Aye, on the horse. Oh, no, <laughs> no, not the horse. Eh... Uh, Number June. <laughs> Number June. Which wanker was the first, and I use this term very loosely, victim of the speaking out movement? Who started it? So who was the first wrestler implicated? Uh, I take it Dream's not a part of that? No, no. This was that, that weekend. That weekend from hell. Who was the first one? I thought you would have got uh, that. I know, but there's just so many happened. Like there was one that was separate from the others by a good, good twelve hours or so at the start. NXT UK or no WWE at all. Not W. Um, wasn't Jimmy Havoc, was it? <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were going to say Jimmy Savile there. <laughs> no. Oh, I. One more clue. Over the top. Over the top. That's my clue. Yep. I can't even picture who it is. Okay, the answer is David Starr. Ah, oh, so it was. July. Oh, prick. What was the name of New Japan's first major event back after lockdown? Right, I need to go through them back the way now because my memory is shocking. I've gathered that tonight. Um, so it wasn't a G1. It wasn't Power Struggle because that was just recent. That was after G1. 
And the only reason I know it, because I liked it from keeping it strong so earlier on, the New Japan Cup. That's it. No. I think. <sighs> keeping it strong style have officially disowned you. Our memory's fucking awful though. July? Yes. Nah, you don't have to give me a clue. Um, kind of sounds like a current second generation, well, it might not, it sounds like a, a certain wrestler's son's name who is on Smackdown right now. Or not Smackdown, just, I can't remember which one. In July? This wrestler's first name. Relatively new to the business. Uh, his name is similar to the, the event that New Japan had in July. Fucking hell. Brutal. Nah, uh, my fucking... My memory's shot to pieces tonight. Okay, well I'll tell you the answer. <laughs> I really need to get it myself somehow. <laughs> well, Google it then. No, uh, uh, tell me the answer. Dominion. I fucking mouthed up, and I just says it wasn't Dominion. It, oh, crying out loud. August. But see if you go back and listen, you'll hear me saying Power Struggle then says it wasn't Dominion. I I didn't hear that to be honest with you. <sighs> crying out loud. Uh, August. I thought that was after. New Japan Cup. What, anyway, sorry. What was different about SummerSlam 2020 from an aesthetic point of view? What? What was different about... Was that when they had the... the, the fans? Like, viewing interactively? No, on the screen. No. Well, I I'll give you the point, but do you not remember the official name for the fucking thing? No. It was the first time, first pay per view inside the Thunderdome. No, oh, okay. Oh fuck. I'll give you the point though. Oh, actually, because they just done the Thunderdome, didn't they? Like they on the Aye. SmackDown or whatever before it. One or two weeks before it, September. Who did Asuka defend her Raw title against at Clash of Champions? This is abysmal. This might be the worst you've ever done. <sighs> Worse than that time Caleb annihilated you. I know, because at least I was up against someone. And I think Rance annihilated either me or you a couple of times. Class of Champions, September. So it wasn't Sasha that anyone who was on Raw at the time could have been Shayna Baszler. Wasn't the Jacks? One I never heard of. I'm literally just going to run through the roster. 
with your, with your Nintendo Switches for their husbands. Zona Vega. Yes. Aye, Alistair Black's sitting with his Nintendo Switch and catering right now. <laughs> after Roman Reigns. Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about now. October. Who did Io Shirai defend the NXT women's title against at TakeOver 31? What month was this again, sorry, October? October. Oh, I don't think it was... Was that her? Maybe. Was it... Was it Candice? It was. Thank God. You've got five points out of twelve. Some, I have no idea how I've got five. Number I'm of... sorry, Jeremy and Josh. I genuinely thought the New Japan Cup was the first show back, and I muttered it wasn't Dominion. Now, this that's, is for five points. Sick. What month we in? November. Name Team Smackdown in the Survivor Series women's match. Bailey. One. Who the hell is on SmackDown? Oh, here we go, here we go. Right, I'm going to name you all in my head. Mm. Uh, Mm. uh, Bianca Belair and... Two, that's two you've got. I want to say it was someone like I don't know if Ruby Riot was three. Sonia Sonia wasn't there at that point. You've got three so far. Where was Natalia? Four. Sure. And I'm just trying to think who the last. Well, it was Bianca was the last one that counted out. Um, I feel like someone. It was either. Uh, Mandy Rose or Ruby Riot, surely. You've said Ruby Riot. Oh, did I say? And she's she was in it. Eh. Uh, no, is she on Raw? No, Naomi's on Raw, isn't she? Screw it, uh, Mandy Rose. Incorrect. I'll give you one more clue. Wrong blonde. Liv Morgan correct 5 points so you're on 10 points out of a possible 16 now now that's nah, impressive it's, it's not it's been a terrible show it has now this is this is from the greatest ever episode of Dynamite that has ever happened this is from Winter is Coming so I expect this to be ingrained in your memory <clears throat> who did Britt Baker beat in her match at AEW Winter is Coming <laughs> I wouldn't know because I just pick and choose shows that I like and pick and choose what I like in those shows and watch it and I don't watch other guff that I don't like. So, Britt Baker made a heartfelt plea saying we're not getting airtime because people aren't watching because of the demographics. So you are not watching the women's matches. So it's your fault that the women are not on Dynamite more often, Ricky. No, you're going to have to give a clue to Jane. I didn't watch that match. Uh, I've never heard of this woman in my life. I don't know what clue I can give you apart from like initials. Give me an initial, then. 
L H L H Lita Hardy. What could have been? It's, um, something hurts us or hurts us, however you say it, H I. Yeah, yeah, yes. R S H. I can't remember how you pronounce her name. Leila, first name was anyway. Yes, well done. You got Leila the point. Hirsch. Leila Hirsch. Uh, so you got twelve out of sixteen points. Nah, that New Japan question. You don't accept that, do you? No, I don't accept that. I actually muttered it wasn't Dominion, and then I was so confident it was New Japan because I, th- I thought that was the other way around. Do you know what's possible? That I've got it wrong and I'll be the baddie. Oh, good what right now. Four words now that that quiz is done. Thank fuck that's over. It's a dominion. Well, Ricky either corrects me or himself. This has been the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on the Social Suplex Podcast Network where you can find other shows such as One Nation Radio by the way, Rich Latter, shout out to Rich Latter getting some uh, screen time for Swerve's, Swerve's podcast. What's it called again? Isaiah Scott's podcast, can you remember? Oh, yeah. He was on that with Angela Dawkins and Isaiah Scott. Good shout out there. Uh, Keeping It Strong Style, who have now fallen out with either me or Ricky. Grown Men Watch This Shit, Great Match John Generator. Grave Consequences, um, 8-Bit Suplex Wrestling Podcast, and All Things Elite. I feel as if I've missed someone this week. Um, give us a five-star review on the podcast app of your choice, preferably Apple Podcasts. You can find these podcasts and any columns that we do over at socialsuplex.com, where if you press the subscribe button, they will be sent directly to your email inbox. ProWrestlingTees.net, head over there type in social suplex and you'll get to the page where you'll see t-shirts of our logos go to the show notes on your app and press the link for donating to us to give us some nice toys to play with or just remember the offers out there for stand-up comic episodes just me telling wrestling jokes 20 pounds that's all i'm asking Uh, it was dominion it was. New I know Japan it was. Took, the New Japan Cup took place in June, but I've... Dominion was supposed to be before it, but they rescheduled it. Right. Sorry, I cut you off. That's all right. Sorry, Jeremy. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> he's actually asleep. He's so distraught. He's so embarrassed. He just fell asleep there. Uh, Wrestling Squared Circle is a Facebook group where you can find us, and we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I quite enjoyed this week. Uh, it was going to be the whole shebang, but this gives us some nice content for next week. I hope you tune in to hear us praise and criticise AEW in equal measure, I promise. And Ricky, thank you for joining me tonight. I know you started the show hosting it, but I've taken over. I'm sorry. That's all right. You're good at the plugs. No, I'm you not. You always do a flawless, flawless job. That's not true. No, it's not true at all. (laughs) 
do you have anything you want to say? <laughs> no, just sorry that I got the New Japan question wrong. Oh, there's a, a sleepless night ahead for you, pal. One or two of them I was never going to get. Yeah. But it was, it was a poor effort on the quiz by me. You should have got the Northern Lights suplex one as well. I know, but I wasn't enamoured with that match as much as you were. Oh, I thought it was great fun. See, I can't be bothered with the fucking cinematic matches. That wasn't exactly a cinematic match, though. Mm. But we can discuss it next week because it might be on somebody's list. So, till then, speak to you then. Till then, speak to you then. Take care, folks. Try not to attempt any um, takeovers of you know Parliament or countries and wear a mask and stuff. You know, oh, I wear a mask for God's sake. Honestly, embarrassing. Even in your own homes. Uh, even in bed, wear a mask. What are you pointing at me for? You're not wearing a I'm mask. I'm not. I'm telling you, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. That's what I was saying. <laughs> That's a, a, a cameo from the wife there. Who's not on cameo, by the way, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> no, right, well, folks, we'll, we'll talk next week where it will be the third last episode of the Ricky and Clive show. <laughs> don't do it, Vince. Please don't do it. You can, you can fund terrorism in Saudi Arabia. You can hire pedophiles, but do not let Goldberg beat Drew McIntyre. Good night. Yeah, don't do it. Take don't, care, folks. Don't uh, fire pedophiles, though. Like, <laughs> fire them and do a citizen's arrest as well. Right. <laughs> Which means you'll be firing like 99% of your roster, but it's fine, Vince. And, Just do it. And uh, probably your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next-